Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friel. I am super excited that you're here with us today. As always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. Hey, hey. Well, you must be in a good mood. You uh, paid me a compliment before we even began. All right, let's go back. Let's go back and re-record that. <laughs> yeah, scrap that one. <laughs> yeah. All right, take two. Take two. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so so on this show, uh, as you know, Dean, uh, but our guests uh, do not know yet. Uh, it's, it's just you and I today. We uh, we decided uh, it's time for us to have a little catch up and regroup, and uh, we've gotten fan mail, which I'm I'm actually right. surprised. And I don't think it was just your mom this time. No, not not after the first five. <laughs> right. So number six, I think our number six listener said, uh, hey, we'd love to hear you guys, you know, just sort of do your own shows sometimes. And we love the interviews. We love the guests. Um, but for whatever reason, like still doesn't make sense to me. Uh, people want to hear from us. So here we are, you and I today. And uh, we're just going to jam for a little bit and talk what's up. Definitely. And just so uh, to everybody that did write in about that, this is something we plan to do pretty regularly now as well, right? And uh keep everyone kind of up to date on what we're doing and what's actually going on in our businesses, the things we experience, what we see. And uh, I know we've got actually an epic show today. I know I, I, I wouldn't actually care. And I don't, I mean this in the most respectful way to all of our amazing listeners, including my mom. Hi, mom. But um, I'm personally the, the most excited about today because you've just had something pretty special happening, haven't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I'm like, I'm so glad that we've got this show lined up because I need to talk about it. <laughs> like, I really haven't talked about it a whole lot. So this past weekend, I had the chance to go and see Warren Buffett uh, and his business partner, Charlie Munger, at the uh, Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting in Omaha, Nebraska. And what? Like, <laughs> That's not something you can say every day. <laughs> no, it's not something. And uh, I got I got to be honest. I was I was definitely very excited to go, and it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. <laughs> it was honestly, it was just unbelievable. Like all everything about it. So, just some context for everybody. So, their company, Berkshire Hathaway, owns. Uh, and, and I'm obviously going to leave names out because they own dozens and dozens of companies, but they own a percentage of Geico. They own a percentage of Seas Candy, of the Santa Fe Railroad, of Coca-Cola, American Express, Hellsberg Diamonds, like Fruit of the Loom, like all these amazing household brands, Co uh, uh, Kraft Heinz. Like I took a picture, a selfie with the Kool-Aid pitcher, um, which... I don't know that that was a highlight, but I thought it was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and, and so they, they own like all these different things. They're a conglomerate. They, they do $262 billion in sales a year. 
That's ridiculous. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what's amazing is, so they've got all these dozens of companies, but their core team, right? So Berkshire Hathaway is basically a, a conglomerate that owns all these companies that I just mentioned and more. Their core team, do you know, do you know how many people are on their core team? Uh, hundreds. 25. What? They have 25 people on their core team. And that team is like, they have several responsibilities. One of them is, you know, to go out and, and continue to look for other acquisitions and other deals. And another responsibility, like half of their team are auditors responsible for making sure that all of the numbers and all of the reporting coming in from all those companies is accurate. Like half of their staff is dedicated to making sure that their numbers are accurate. Wow. Yeah. And then obviously there's, you know, a little bit of administrative staff and stuff like that. But just just think about that for a second. Like everybody thinks that in order to grow a big giant company, you have to have hundreds, if not thousands of people. And here you have, up until recently, the richest man in the world who, uh, you know, Warren Buffett worth $87 billion today. Um, just recently passed by Jeff Bezos of Amazon, I think last year, he's been running an empire with a core staff of 25 people. That's insane. It's amazing. That's insane. Yeah. And did, 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 did I, I'm not sure yet. I, may, I, I know you're going to go into more of this, but did they speak about any of that kind of stuff or was it not really that kind of thing? Like They did. This was the coolest part about it. So, So they've got basically like two days. The first day they have this whole trade show you know, big, big trade show hall. And you'd go to a trade show at any other conference and there would be, you know, all these different companies where you could buy stuff from and you can get swag from and everything like that. Right. And the trade show was just as big as any other trade show out there with one exception. The only companies inside the trade show were the companies that they own. <laughs> they own enough to do that, of course. <laughs> More than enough. And I know all of their companies weren't even represented there. And so the first day, like the trade shows open, you can go in, you can walk around, you can buy stuff, you can just sort of just be in awe of Mm. uh, like, just like experiencing uh, this empire that they've created. And then the second day, which is the day that I went for, um, the trade show is still open, but they they rent out a, uh, a sports arena and Warren Buffett and his partner, Charlie Munger, uh, who are 80, 84 years, 87 years old and 94 years old, respectively, wow. sit on the stage. They have this little stage in the front of the uh, in the front of the arena filled with people. Right. Right. Tens of thousands of people. And they sit there and they answer questions for like six hours. Wow. They take a short break for lunch and that's it. Besides that, they're sitting up on the stage answering questions for six hours and what's remarkable is one, how many people are there? Two, how incredible these guys have done. But three, these guys are old. Right. Like Charlie Munger is 94 years old and he's up there sharp as a tack. And they remember every minute detail about every single one of the companies in their holdings. Wow. And people ask them anything, they don't know the questions in advance. They answer everything off the cuff, and it was like absolutely stunning to watch that. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I bet I, I just imagine this is on a on a kind of scale that most people just can't even think about. 
we're probably both pretty big thinkers. You know, we we have big visions and big goals and targets, but I don't even think probably my mind's even wandered that far. <laughs> no, it was it was it was amazing, and it was it was very eye opening. And like one of the things that throughout throughout the day, you know, I don't remember what the question was, but at some point, I think somebody asked, "Did you always think it was going to be this big?" Right. And Warren was like, "Honestly, he's like not really." He said, there were many days where I wasn't sure we were even making progress. And, you know, but that just goes to show you the compound effect on just putting in consistent effort over a long period of time. That's awesome. And it's just like, right. And it was just amazing. Cause like, you know, it's, it's something, it's cool to hear somebody say that, right? but to be, to be immersed in this experience with 40,000 people and right next door, an entire trade show floor of all of the companies that he owns. And even he's saying, yeah, man, like sometimes I'm not even sure, like we knew what we were doing or we knew like what, what was, you know, what the next steps were going to be, whether we were even making progress, but you just keep going. Right. And I, I think that was cool. And that was like, that was sort of um, the other side of that coin, so to speak was, he, you can tell he is so, so passionate about what he does. Well, he has to be to, to, to sit there and still like, they don't have to be there now. Let's be honest. Like they don't have to be there. They could, they could be representatives. Like they clearly have that passion for it. And like you say, if they're still switched on, like throw a question, I'll give you an answer. That's, that's insane. Yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing. And he's just like, yeah, you know, he's like, this is this is what I love to do. Mm. This is fun for me. Right. And, you know, this this is what he's done. He just like, you know, he finds good deals and he invests in them and evaluates them. And and the, the cool thing about how they how they structure their deals too is, you know, they buy companies that they believe are good companies. They don't buy companies that are in trouble. They don't buy companies that are distressed. Mm. They don't buy companies that are like, uh, you know, in an, you know, in turmoil, right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, and, and that's not the same as, you know, uh, other, you know, private equity firms or people who come in and buy companies and, and everybody's got their own strategy. But what's cool about the way that they do it, they buy companies that they think are good, where they can negotiate a good deal, but also where they think there's strong room for potential growth in the future of that company. And as a result of that, by and large, they leave the existing management team intact. Right. And they don't dictate what they do. They don't tell them how to operate. They don't tell like, so they, they come in with more of a passive approach right. to, you know, uh, you know, helping, helping an owner take some, take some of their equity off of the table or, you know, giving them a capital injection or something mm. like that. And because they're buying companies that are already well run, that are right. good, their day to day is not spent with the the challenges and the heartburn of trying to figure out like oh are we going to be able to turn this company around right. like they don't they don't yeah it. I mean just listening to you say that it already you can already see the glaring difference and feel the glaring difference to most business investors I mean it's pretty a common pretty common thing to hear right like oh someone else took over the company and ruined it or ran it into the ground or oh, they they got rid of everyone they changed the whole philosophy of the company or the the direction of the company and trashed it um 
But mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I love to hear that kind of approach where it's like they, they go into something that already works. They don't mess with it too much because it's already working and they're there just as a, you know, maybe in a, in a supportive way, a cash injection way, call it what you will. But yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's very, very cool to see. Uh, let's see. I shared, uh, I shared a couple lessons that I took away. That was one of them. Oh, this was, this is another huge thing. Um, you know, people like, well, like, what do you spend, you know, what do you spend most of your day doing then? Right. You know, you're worth $87 billion. What does what the guy who's worth $87 billion spend his right. time doing? He's like, well, I read for five to six hours every a day. day? <laughs> oh, a day. no way. Like, that, wow. like, that's what he's doing. And, and he's like, and I have done that for decades. Wow. And, and so for me, like that, that runs in such stark contrast mm. to all the so-called gurus who are out there who are saying, you got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to do like all this, you know, like, you know, work 24 seven, don't worry about sleep, like just right. like, go, 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 go. And, and, and his thing is, I, I'm totally comfortable taking time to, to think and make space mm-hmm. and, you know, give myself the, the opportunity to create clarity around what I want my next steps to be and constantly reading. And, and, and I think it's, so some people might say, well, you know, it's easy to read when you're uh, you're making four hundred million dollars a week, <laughs> right? I think that's even, I think that sounds bigger than even saying like eighty something million billion. Like when you break it down yeah. like that, <laughs> that's a lot of cash. And but he's like, no, like that's that's what I've always done. And so it's right. one of these you know chicken and egg situations, Ooh. right? Like. What came first, the $87 billion and the ability to create that time right. to read or the creating that time to read helped to create that $87 billion. Right. And in his, and in his, you know, his case, obviously he's made a lot of smart moves and he's a smart guy and he's worked mm. hard, but he's also stayed focused and, and continued to grow and improve. And one of the lines that I absolutely loved, um, Charlie Munger, his partner could be one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. Um, and he said, if you're not constantly learning and reevaluating your previous conclusions, you're like a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is like, this is a 94 year old multi-billionaire just sitting up there. Like he, what I loved about him was he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> about like what anyone thinks. That's awesome. And it, you know, it's hard. I guess it's hard to give a shit when you're a 94 year old multi billionaire, <laughs> right? Right. Like one, I'm already old. Like what? What? What do you got? Right, right. now, he's like got billions of dollars. I like control all these companies and stuff. It was funny too because somebody asked a question recently. There were like uh, some changes in uh, the way companies are needing to uh, handle their accounting uh, with generally uh, accepted accounting principles. And somebody asked a question about it and they're like, why do you guys oppose this? Like, isn't it good that we're holding people accountable? And Warren gave this, this answer um, and sort of in a very polite way showed the guy how he was mistaken with just the premise of his question. Right. And, and he's like, Charlie, what do you think? And Charlie just says, 
I think the guy that asked that question has no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) And then then he just like pauses for a second and says, oh, they tell me I'm not supposed to say things like that. (laughs) That's amazing. That's epic. That's epic. And I I think actually like there's a lesson in in that that approach in life to all of us. Like I'd imagine too many people, I'd imagine there's very few people that go through life not overly worrying about being judged and what other people think about them and and caring about that too much side of that so i mean here's here's a prime example so robin my fiance every time she might be that i that i see her she's about to upload say a photo she thinks oh i'll post this on social media on facebook whatever and she always then questions whether i should do this like oh should i upload this what will people think or what would they say and like i think that's a prime example to how most people are living their lives these days so i think there's a lot to be said for not giving a crap about what people think about you. And I think you'd live a happier life. Yeah. And, and possibly longer. Right. As in, as in Charlie's case. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly hasn't slowed him down. And I don't think it's because he eats healthy either. Like, so they own, they own C's candy and, you know, (laughs) percentage of Coca-Cola. He literally, the entire time he's sitting on stage has a box of C's candy, peanut brittle. (laughs) And just breaking pieces off and just like chomping on it <laughs> and chasing it down with Coca-Cola. Oh, wow. <laughs> no wonder they sat there for six hours looking full of energy. <laughs> so like, even on that level, he's like, oh, they also tell me that sugar is no good for me. But, <laughs> but I'm mainlining it up here. <laughs> Making a good pitch for, uh, for their products, that's for sure. <laughs> really is and everyone's sort of like scratching their heads they're like man maybe i should be drinking more coca-cola <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to live till my mid-90s <laughs> everyone's in the audience like eating vegetable chips <laughs> exactly and they're like and then, you know there's a guy hey coke and everyone's like yeah, all right i'm gonna trade <laughs> oh that is awesome yeah. so i think like obviously me and the listeners we didn't get to be there and you've shared some some good things already, but there has to have been so many big takeaways, like in addition to yeah. what you've already what you've already shared. So I know we probably couldn't in ten more shows cover everything that you learned in them couple of days, but is there perhaps like a big three or a big five, however many you think like, yeah, let's drop some big tips right now. What what would you say if if you were to write a quick summary, the biggest things I came out of that that event with what, what would you be? Well, so, so I want to, I want to share one in particular, um, that I think is hugely important and it doesn't get, it doesn't get talked about enough in the entrepreneurial community. Um, a lot, you know, many of the people that we all know are running, you know, fast and they're running amazing, uh, businesses and they're, they're making sales and they're, and they're making cash and all this other stuff. And, at some point you have to grow a team right and in, in order to do it and it doesn't have to be a huge team as a, you know is demonstrated by the case of uh you know Berkshire Hathaway guys but um some somebody in the audience asked a question uh and I don't know if you've heard about this over in the UK but here in the US Wells Fargo Bank has recently gotten into a whole bunch of trouble um where people on the inside <laughs> like believe it or not we're opening up bank accounts 
for existing customers when the existing customers did not request that those bank accounts be open simply because their bonus structure, they got bonused on new account openings. Oh, wow. And, and, uh, and so there was like all of this, like, uh, you know, stuff that came to light Gosh. maybe like six or six or six or eight months ago or something like that. Somebody asked the question, like, you know, can, can we trust Wells Fargo or, you know, or, are, are we really in good hands and blah, 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 thinking like, okay, well, the problem must be Wells Fargo. And what I, what I loved about Warren's answer was the perspective of somebody who's been in the game for as long as he mm. had somebody who's, you know, just done all these deals and stuff like that. And he said, what you've seen with Wells Fargo is proof in the efficiency of incentive systems. Mm. And when your people are not incented to do the things that you want them to do, your company is not going to run the way that you want it to run. And, but people will always do what they're incentivized to do. And so like thinking about that as, as an entrepreneur and as somebody who, you know, has the opportunity to, you know, coach and consult and work with all these other companies, I, I, I am just like more in tune to thinking. How are we how are we incentivizing people that work for mm. us? Are we actually like aligning their interests with ours? Right. Or as was the case with Wells Fargo, we're just aligning their interest with something that sort of sounded good, but we didn't think it through into where that where that thing would actually lead. And so I so one one huge takeaway is whether you have a team of one person, you have a team of five, or you have a team of a hundred. Make sure that those those people, they're, the way that they're incentivized to do their job aligns with your best interest and with the growth of the company and the best interest of the customers. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I think I think you're right. I don't think probably people have ever really, or a lot of people I know, probably even me, not you haven't possibly even thought of things in that depth to that to that degree um, on what you're actually doing. You think, oh, we want new accounts. Let's let's incentivize new accounts. Not thinking like. Well, hang on a minute. <laughs> this could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had like millions wow. of, fake, of fake accounts that were open. Gosh, that's insane. Oh, I didn't know anything about that, to be honest. Yeah, it was it was it was stunning. And the CEO got fired. CEO of you know, huge, huge bank, you know, got fired because of it and um all sorts of things. But that's what it comes down to is, you know, are are your are your interests right. aligned? And that also goes with you know, business partnerships. If you're getting into a business partnership where one person benefits if A happens and the other person benefits if B happens, the likelihood of that partnership withstanding the test of time is like virtually non-existent. Yeah, very true. Yeah. You know, because people will do what's in their best interest. So that's why when you're working with other people, make sure that everybody's best interest aligns. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was extremely uh, insightful yeah, and definitely worth remembering. Um, second one, we've got it. He said, number two, <laughs> um, he, he said that, uh, that our job as business owners is simply to be the allocator of resources. Mm. And just like, think about that for a second. So, you know, everybody, everybody thinks it's, well, I gotta, you know, go and do these things, or I've got to you know, go sell more, or I've got to, you know, tell people what to do. But at, at its at its super 
most fundamental core, a business has resources. You know, they have they have people, mm. they have time, they have money. You know, in terms of cash or uh, or, or loans or or whatever. And the difference between a business that succeeds and one that doesn't is where did you invest that time? Right. Where did you invest that focus? What did you give the people to do and to work on? Where did you invest your money? Mm. Right. And and the and the 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 business owners that consider their resources as things to be invested in what's going to grow the company in the future. Right are the ones that are going to manage to make it to the future. And we all know businesses who squander their resources like day in and day out. Like I see it all the time. People who squander their time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to work on something that I shouldn't be working on. Well, are you wisely managing that resource that you've been given? And time is an extraordinarily valuable resource, but many people don't see it that way. Or I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to just hire the next person that comes along. And so I'm gonna allocate my money investment into hiring this person when in fact maybe I should have interviewed 10 right. people and found the person who's gonna be the best for the job. And so like the the implications of thinking through like as a business owner, your job is to allocate resources. Mm. Yeah, that's that huge. huge. Yeah, especially especially when you realize like none of our resources are infinite. There's all a limited, finite amount of resource, whether that's the people's time, like like my team here in the office. I know they're only sat here eight hours a day. One of those hour blocks is allocated to lunch and things like that. And then, so now there's seven. So where are those resources of seven hour blocks for each individual going into the business to drive this business forward? And it's funny, you, it's funny when you say it, like, and I've seen other people do this over and over again. Like I remember when I first left my job, I'm like, yes, I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur, um, obviously with limited cash resources. And one of the first things I did was start designing my business cards, <laughs> start getting the yeah. letterheaded paper. I'm like, well, that's what a business needs to have. <laughs> obviously not the smart decision. And yeah, that 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 plays perfectly with what you're saying. I think, I think if anyone even... I'm sure you've even got more good stuff to come here, but if people were to just take that one thing away and actually start looking at their day and becoming more consciously aware of the resources they have and where they're being put and how they're allocated, that that could be a game changer for anyone. Totally. Totally. And I and I would I would encourage everybody to take a look at what what assets do you have? Right. Like what assets do you have right now? Okay, so you know, and and some people might say, well, like like you at the beginning, or anyone at the beginning. Okay, like I don't have a lot of cash assets, but typically when you don't have a lot of cash assets, you probably have more time right. as an asset. So and 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 there's no there's no perfect combination of any of these things. Like you've got to work with the assets that right. you have, right? Okay, and so I have you know a team of ten people, and I have this much money in the bank and I have this many hours a week, like take a step back for the love of God and say, what is the best way for me to use these right. assets to grow my, to grow my yep. company? Right. Don't just like, don't just right. piss them away because you're trying to chase something like use what you have to grow what yeah, you want. That's huge. And, and I think, I think most people would be so much better off if they, if they took that approach 
instead of uh, just aimlessly going about using the things that they've uh, they've been entrusted yeah. with. And you know, and there's a whole that whole saying, right? You know, uh, stupid and small things, stupid and big things. Right. Right. So yeah. be be smart with the small things that you've been given and watch them, watch them grow and, and work for you. So like, I thought that yeah. was, I mean, I, I gotta be honest, that one tip alone for me is, uh, made it worth putting up with your bullshit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I'm going to bring the bullshit strong. So I don't know if um, it will continue to be worth it, but I'm glad it's like at least sort of like covered the sins of my past. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Obviously, looking at time, can we do some like quick fire takeaways? Have you got a few more tucks away there? Oh man, um, I I guess the last the last one, and I already alluded to this, is um, know your numbers, right. right? Like I talked about how they're up on stage for six hours and they know like everything from the number of units of sales uh, at at Coca Cola last quarter to the profit margins on their uh, grocery store distribution business. Right in January, right? They're like, oh yeah, we lost, we lost a quarter percentage of a point in January because this, this, and this. And these guys own dozens of companies that are not small companies. Right. And, um, and, and one of the, one of the biggest mistakes I think, uh, you know, entrepreneurs make is not knowing their numbers. Definitely. Like how much, uh, how much is our, our, you know, monthly overhead expenses can, where are those overhead expenses going? What's our, What's our net profit margin? What's our operating cash flow? You know, what's our, you know, how much, how much of our assets are tied up in inventory? Like for, you know, these e-commerce guys and stuff like that, you're like, okay, like how much inventory do you have to have in order to keep this thing running? And they're like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, you've got to know your numbers. Uh, You know, he didn't say it this time, but I heard him say it before. Warren Buffett said, accounting is the language of business. And I'm not saying everybody has to go out and be an accountant. But what I am saying is you got to know your numbers. Like if you really want to drive your business, money is a number, right? right? Everybody wants money, but they don't seem to think that they got to pay attention to their numbers. Right. A lot of people probably couldn't even tell you how much cash they have in the bank. (laughs) Oh man, don't, don't make me break out into a cold sweat. So anyway, (laughs) so the last thing is just like, guys, know your numbers, like make sure your, your financials are clean. And then study them and learn how to read them and understand them. And um, like I, I would offer anyone who like wants to know more of that, like they could totally come into my group and we'll do a hot seat together. Like right. it's so it's so important to know that because it's very difficult to grow your business over the long term if you don't know where your money's going or how much you're actually making. Definitely, definitely. I, I think there's like a far too much goes on in, in, in certainly in my space, like in, in, in my industry, like people will, will happily tell you like, Oh, I made X amount today. But it's like, if you, I bet if you really ask them and you're a close friend, most people couldn't tell you what that actually meant for them. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. Yeah, but how much did it cost? What, like you say, what were the overheads? Like, what were the deliverables? What, like drill down a little bit, what's actually going on? Most people couldn't tell you if they wanted to, I'm pretty sure of it. I say that from my, I'm not saying that as in, in an attacking way, because I'll be honest, probably up until about 18 months ago, I was the same. And it was just like, oh, I've got tons of money coming in. That's all I need to know. It's like, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> you're heading for a train wreck. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's, and it's not like I, I knew this stuff, like I was born knowing this stuff, like, right. you know, I, I hired mentors and I like, you know, went through periods where I was like trying to figure it out and all that. And there's always learning to be done, but you, you got to master these fundamentals. Maybe that's, maybe that's the last lesson. These guys, these guys have mastered yeah, like every sense of that word, the fundamentals. Yeah. And like the latest Facebook ad strategy is not the fundamentals. Like if you don't know like where your income is coming from, like how much it's costing you to generate that, like what, what that turns into in cash right. and all that, stuff. like you, you need to, you need to be dialed into, into your fundamentals to really build this strong, secure foundation for a business that's going to last. Yeah. I love it. Wow. This is called just the tips and boy, did you let them rain down on us today. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And like I said at the start, I was uh, I was selfishly more interested in us doing this show just to just to hear what actually went on for myself. So I'm pretty sure yeah. all the listeners got some good stuff there too. But if you didn't, guys, I don't care. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you and uh, your mom and right. our four other listeners, right? <laughs> you bet. Yeah. So, well, anyway, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Dean, for, uh, you know, for, uh, for the conversation here. And thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this because it gave me an opportunity to share, um, you know, all the, all the cool stuff that I experienced this past weekend and, and definitely take these lessons to heart, you guys. Um, because, uh, you know, everybody's got dreams, but, uh, it takes, it takes, uh, it takes discipline and focus to take those dreams and turn them into reality. And hopefully some of the stuff you guys got here today will help you do just that. Right. I bet um, I bet people that have been listening to our show for a while and have just heard us talking with guests and having a laugh and, and poking fun at each other, I bet they've tuned in today and they're like, well, shit, these two guys are actually pretty pretty smart. They, they know what they're talking about. Like, I, I never knew. <laughs> yeah. They're completely blindsided. They're like, what? Yeah. What show Who's is this? <laughs> Are there aliens inhabiting, inhabiting Dean and James's bodies? <laughs> the answer, yes. absolutely, absolutely. But I hope, um, I do hope. I know, you know, this, this, this. James shares this as well. Like, I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing more from us. We, you know, we, we, we truly meant that at the start. You know, we have actually, as much as we laugh and joke, we've had a lot of people contacting us. Even happened when we was at a seminar recently together in. Uh, at Disney, we had several people that listen to the show approaches and say, look, I, I would love to hear more from you guys. Like, what are you guys up to? What are, what are you experiencing? The guests are amazing, but I feel like I really want to get to know you guys better. So I hope everybody has enjoyed this because this is something that I've loved hearing more about this from you, James. And I know, you know, I could, well, we have spent a lot of time together, but I love to hear what's going on with you. And, you know, I've got daily stuff. I live and breathe this stuff myself. And, you know, hopefully the listeners enjoy this because I know we certainly plan to do a lot more of you and I. 100%. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll definitely start including more of, these, uh, more of these types of shows in the mix with all the amazing guests that we're bringing to you guys. And uh, as far as today goes, this will uh, do it for us. So this is a wrap. Dean, thank you for being here and uh, for riding in on white steed once again. <laughs> and uh, to our listeners, make sure you subscribe, share uh, share what you're learning about the show on social media and tell other people to subscribe to and spread the word. And we appreciate that. And we will talk to you guys soon. Later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. 
For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.